Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. Thanks for being here with me. Thanks for coming back every week. You know, each of us has our own secrets. Can you think of one right now? I bet you can. Not everyone is an open book. What I want to talk to you about this week is one of the world's most iconic actresses. She is known for her work in post-war Hollywood. Perhaps she had more secrets, more of the unknown than met the eye. Because in 1939, at the onset of World War II, Audrey Hepburn's mother, who was Dutch, her father, by the way, who was British, left the family when she was only six. Her mom moved the child to the Netherlands, where she had come from, and Audrey had been raised to speak both Dutch and English. The mom had thought that the neutral country, Holland, would be safer than England for her daughter. As someone growing up with a love of dancing and dreams of being a ballerina, Audrey would go on at a very tender age to take part in theater performances in the local town and came to help the resistance in illegal musical performances, helping to raise funds in support of those sheltering tens of thousands of Jews and other people in hiding across the Netherlands. By this time, living there, performing over the next few years, she, like most Dutch young people, was already suffering symptoms of malnutrition. Yet still she danced. I was quite able to perform, and it was some way in which I could make some kind of contribution, she would say later. She's quoted as saying, I did indeed give various underground concerts to raise money for the Dutch resistance movement. I danced at recitals, designing the dances myself. I had a friend who played the piano, and my mother made the costumes. They were very amateurish attempts. But nevertheless, at the time, there was very little entertainment. It amused people gave them an opportunity to get together and spend a pleasant afternoon listening to music and seeing my humble attempts. The recitals were given in houses with windows and doors closed, hence they were known as dark performances. Afterwards, money was collected, given to the Dutch underground. Guards were posted outside, Hepburn would say later. Let us know when Germans approach. She said the best audiences I ever had made not a single sound at the end of my performance. In a 1951 interview with Sidney Fields of the New York Daily Mirror, she said that her role with the resistance had included running around with food for the pilots, referencing the Allied airmen who were shot down over the Netherlands during the 1944 bombing campaign, later hidden by the resistance in and around the village before being moved south. Indeed, young Audrey risked her life going out to deliver a message to one of those allied pilots. 
telling him where to go, the address, and what to say when they got there. When found by the Nazis, she pretended to be picking flowers and presented them to the German officers. Every loyal Dutch schoolgirl and boy, she would say later, did their little bit to help. Many were much more courageous than I was. In those early years, what brought Audrey out of her shell were these dance lessons and in living as a dancer, as a young, early teenager, she made a difference that would later inform her life. And she knew family suffering, of course, not only losing her dad at a young age and seeing others around her suffer when she was there in the Netherlands in the town of Velp. But her uncle Otto, along with four other Dutchmen from prominent backgrounds, were driven to a forest one day and executed in a shallow grave. Audrey was 13. As I say, food had become depleted all around, so she reportedly ate tulip bulbs. When those were gone, they ate weeds. Like so many Dutch children in that period, Audrey became anemic and that svelte body image would stay with her for the rest of her life. That haunted her, the deprivations for the rest of her days. To Hepburn after the war, Hollywood stardom would prove a fortuitous turn of events It was almost like a consolation prize, she said, for losing her dancing career that she had so dreamed of but was derailed by the war. Luca Dotti, Hepburn's second son by his many marriages, related to biographer Robert Matson, who was the author of Dutch Girl, Audrey Hepburn in World War II, that when his mom wished to impart wisdom to her children, it was always via the experiences she suffered during the war, never in her brief, glamorous Hollywood career. As you well know, and those who don't know Audrey Hepburn, who are perhaps too young to know of her, you may know of her roles or have heard of them. She played a variety of women in her brief career, from the ultimate good-time girl Holly Golightly in Breakfast at Tiffany's to the Cockney Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady, but she never made World War II dramas. It was interesting when I was researching this that she even reluctantly and remarkably turned down Otto Frank, the father of Anne Frank, who personally wanted to meet with Hepburn in the 1950s to ask her to play his daughter on screen. Audrey related too much to the fellow Dutch girl who was murdered in a Nazi concentration camp for her Jewish heritage to ever be able to play Anne she would say. After the war, indeed, Audrey and her mother moved to Amsterdam so Audrey could resume her dance career and happened to move into an apartment where below them lived the editor working on Anne Frank's diary. The editor knew of Audrey's experiences and love of dance and how she'd been caught by the green police at one point and said, you know what, this story might really interest you. So Audrey read the galleys for Anne Frank's diary before it was published, and it destroyed her. 
The girl was born six weeks after Audrey. Anne Frank came from Frankfurt, Germany. Audrey came from Brussels, Belgium. They both became Dutch girls. They spent the war 60 miles apart in the Netherlands. They shared the same war, being under occupation and fearing the Germans every day. Of course, Anne Frank's diary stops in the beginning of August 44. Audrey survived, and she didn't use the word survivor's guilt, guilt, but she felt it. Hepburn politely refused Anne's father. She never wanted to make money off the story. In fact, she didn't ever openly discuss her connection with the material until years later, after her Hollywood career, when she became UNICEF's goodwill ambassador. This new duty allowed Hepburn to do public readings of Anne Frank's diary, travel to war-torn countries and raise awareness for starving children, a horror Hepburn knew too much about from her own youth. As I look at the life of Audrey Hepburn, the secret life, a life that one would not connect to this woman we see on screen, we realize there is more to people, isn't there? More to people than we might know, that might present ourselves. Something within their skin, within their hearts, within their minds, experiences that have shaped them in ways we can't possibly fathom. This may be true of ourselves, and if we think about it, we might understand some of the secrets we harbor. But by sharing this today, I hope that you understand a bit more about what goes into such a public figure as Audrey Hepburn and the way a war that impacted the world impacted her life. When we uncover secrets, we reveal so much more of ourselves by understanding the reality in which we have lived. Perhaps as we consider others, we might consider that they are products of a life we may not completely know about. Perhaps create more space for them and maybe along the way for ourselves as well. I'm glad I know a bit more about the secret life of Audrey Hepburn and how it reflects on the story of the Shoah. One more chapter that I never knew about perhaps you as well. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. Matters.